1: Ha! Do you see Kirk? Kirk just hit the... Gritty. You know that? Kirk Cousins. It was kind of tough. Because he's such a dad. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast. Part of the Fan sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host... Adam
2: Patrick. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for the VikingAge.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash thevikingage. right, on today's show, I'm going to go over some of the worst Vikings-related and non-Vikings-related takes from the past week, and then we will be joined by Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press to go over some of the Vikings' plans for the upcoming offseason. But first, let's get into some of the worst takes of the week.
0: What?! That's what he what? said. I know that's what he said. Who wants ha- to go first on that, this? That I- that that
2: that is blasphemous. All right, first we have one that is totally unrelated to the Vikings, but it just feels like a take uh that I just can't let go and it feels like one that can't even be real. So, apparently Saints head coach Sean Payton recently told reporters that he had an idea of having 50,000 Saints fans quarantine so that the Saints could have a scientifically safe home field advantage inside the Mercedes Superdome uh, during the playoffs this year. Um, This might be one of the dumbest things I have ever heard. Uh, You know that scene in, in Billy Madison? Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Yeah, that one? This is immediately what came to mind when I saw what Peyton said. Uh, But hey, what do you expect from the guy that decided to mock the skull chant before the Minneapolis Miracle? Um, Okay, next we've got some Vikings-related takes, and the first is a tweet from the account State... Of the Vikings. Uh, This person wrote. Mike Zimmer is the most coddled coach. In the NFL. He's a defensive guru. When the Vikings win. When they lose though. It's the injuries. Or the offense. Didn't do this enough. Excuses. It's sickening. Okay. uh, Real quick. Let's just go over. Who started. For the Vikings. uh, In week 17. Against the Lions. So starting at uh, one defensive end spot. DJ Wanham. Rookie. Uh, then you have Shamar Steffen. Uh, at nose tackle. It's terrible. Uh, you have Jaleel Johnson. At the other defensive tackle spot. He's a backup. Uh, then you have Hercules Mata'afa. Starting at the other defensive end spot. He's a backup. Then you have Todd Davis. Starting at linebacker. He's a backup. Then you have Eric Wilson. Starting at linebacker. He's a backup. Then you have Harrison Hand starting at cornerback. He's a rookie. Then you have Jeff Gladney starting at cornerback. He's a rookie. Then you have Anthony Harris starting at safety. He's a one-year wonder. Then you have Harrison Smith starting at safety. Okay, fine. Harrison Smith, all pro. You, you get you get that. Okay, and then at the final cornerback spot, you have Cordrea Tankersley. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but I have no idea who you are. And that's what Mike Zimmer had to work with in week 17 when they gave up 35 points for the Lions. Okay, so not exactly the 85 Bears. Huh? So it's pretty shocking that this group gave up 35 points to the Lions. Big shock. Uh but Zimmer is coddled. Huh? Do we uh don't we think that maybe Vikings ownership has kept him around because he has the third highest winning percentage in, in franchise history? Maybe maybe because he helped lead the Vikings to as many playoff wins as the team's last three head coaches combined. Maybe it's that. So, uh, Mr. State of the Vikings, let me explain something to you. It's called the benefit of the doubt. Zimmer has been successful enough for Vikings ownership to continue to have faith in his methods and get the team back on track. He's done it plenty of times in the past. So why wouldn't he be able to do it again? Um, you want to make this take when Zimmer's working with a similar defense to what he had during the last few seasons, then fine. But when he's got to deal with his number one pass rusher out and Daniel Hunter, Michael Pierce opting out, so he has no nose tackle for this this season. Both of his top linebackers, Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks, miss significant time this season due to injury, and his cornerback room was full of rookies and inexperienced that didn't have the luxury of you know improving their weaknesses during a four-game preseason like they normally do. So so yes, when the Vikings do well, Zimmer gets praised. He's the head coach. That's how it works. And if anything, he should be praised for the job he did this past season because there are very few NFL head coaches that could have led the Vikings to even four wins in 2020, let alone seven like Zimmer did. Maybe what? Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll. Those guys are pretty good. Um, But all right, enough of that. Let's get on to uh, the absolute worst take of the week that's related to the Vikings. And it comes from Twitter. From the user Adam West. Now, some of you who listen to this show may be familiar with Adam West on Twitter. It is, it is not the guy who played uh, Batman in the old Batman series. So, I'm sorry, Bruce Wayne in the old Batman series. But this Adam West is a Vikings fan. He has some, some takes. He, he's got some takes. Uh, on Wednesday, he decided that it was a good idea to tweet the following... He said, "Let me clear my throat for this one. This is a good one. I maintain that what is happening at the Capitol is just a larger, more important version of what the Kirk cousins' fanboys are. They would be willing to light the Vikings on fire and change our colors to green and gold to keep Kirk here." Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, There really aren't enough words in the dictionary to describe how dumb this take is. And I'm really just going to leave it at that because any more time spent on trying to figure out why it was posted is far too much time than it deserves. All right, so there you have it. Those were the worst takes of the week. That's enough for me, so let's just get to our conversation with Chris Thomason. (laughs) Okay, joining the show now is Chris Thomason. He covers the Vikings for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. He's kind enough to hop on the show today and talk some Vikings. So welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. All right, so let's just get right into it. It's the off season for the Vikings, and a bunch of changes seem to already be happening with the franchise. But you recently talked to Everson Griffin about a possible return to Minnesota for the 2021 season, Uh, what can you tell us about that?
1: Well, there's no doubt that he wants to return to the Vikings. I mean, he'd been putting hints on Twitter all week related to that and pretty much uh, confirmed it when I spoke to him Thursday. But, uh, you know, who knows what the Vikings' interest is, and they can't do anything anyway until March when he officially becomes a free agent. And, of course, it would all come down to what's The price tag, I mean, uh, from the people I talked to last year, Everson, you know, wasn't going to come back for what the Vikings offered him. I don't know what the exact number was, but uh, they're certainly not going to pay him a great deal if he wants to come back on a lower priced salary and finish his career in Minnesota and they want him back. Who knows, maybe not even as a, restar- as a starter. He wasn't a starter this past season. He only started two games. He was a rotation player playing about half the snaps per game. So I don't know if he would be open to that. But uh, there would be a lot of talks that would need to be done in March if it were to happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, I th- I think based on everything he's been doing on Twitter and Instagram, it seems like he would probably take anything to to come back to the Vikings, but you know, it it's different once you get in that negotiating room. Um but uh today, Thursday, Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio reported that there's there's rumors floating around that Deshaun Watson wants uh the Houston Texans to possibly trade him this year. Uh, this led to lots of Vikings fans convincing themselves that the team could actually land Watson this off season, but um, acquiring Watson in a trade doesn't really seem like a, a realistic possibility for Minnesota this year, or does it?
1: No. I mean, they've hitched their wagon to Kirk cousins. His contract is guaranteed for next year. It'll become guaranteed on uh, March 19th for 2022. And uh, I mean, overall they had a pretty good season. You can't, blame him for the terrible defense i know he gets blamed for everything but he threw a career high 35 touchdown passes second most in vikings history and now he's thrown enough passes over 1500 that he has the highest passer rating in vikings history at about Uh, 103.5 or six i mean i know passer ratings these days are way higher than they used Mm -hmm. to be back in the old days but they like kirk cousins and uh they're not moving on from him. What they gotta do, obviously, and I'm sure we'll talk about it is fix the defense.
2: Yeah, I think uh you kinda answered my next question, but I'm just wondering, you know, what percentage chance would you give for Kirk Cousins returning as a Vikings starter next season? Ninety-nine
1: point seven
2: six. So you don't see it, you don't see a team like maybe the Niners or the Colts or maybe even the Patriots swooping in with like a maybe a trade uh for Cousins this year. Um I mean, something crazy would probably happen, have to happen for in order for that to to go down, right?
1: Well, there's nobody waiting in the wings at quarterback. Right. I mean, it's not like you have a young and up-and-coming backup. You've got Sean Mannion and two practice squad guys, and the draft isn't until April. So, I mean, if you had a, somebody who was Joe Montana and you had Steve Young sitting <laughs> behind them, you, you might think about it, but there's nobody waiting in the wings and uh rick spielman and mike zimmer who definitely will be on the hot seat next year if they don't make the playoffs i don't think they're uh ready to uh just trade them and see who they'll get in the draft and head into next year with a rookie quarterback and then everybody in the organization loses their job
2: right so um, you know, if Cousins does return, which it's, it seems like it's very probable, uh, he's likely going to have a different offensive coordinator for the fourth season in a row with uh, Gary Kubiak reportedly reportedly contemplating uh, retirement right now. Have you heard anything so far on maybe who could potentially fill Kubiak's role in 2021 as the Vikings' new offensive coordinator?
1: Well, I think internally, I mean, they're obviously going to look possibly at Clint uh, Kubiak if Gary does leave Gary's son. And uh, I mean, he might be, Gary hasn't officially left, but he might be a leading candidate at this point. And there's also Rick Dennison, who has like 10 years of coordinator experience. He's the offensive line coach and run game coordinator. Mm -hmm. They could certainly look at him, but, um, you know, I'm sure they're probably going to try to convince Gary Kubek to stay on, even though Pro Football Talk has reported that he's already planned to leave. Right. And if that doesn't happen, maybe they can convince him to kind of uh, go back to a offensive advisor role, you know, if his son, for instance, gets promoted. So maybe that potentially could happen. But uh, I'm sure Mike Zimmer is working over Gary Kubiak and begging and pleading him to (laughs) stick around in some manner.
2: Yeah. Well, Kubiak, he is like a, he's like a package deal. He comes with his son and then Dennison And then I think the, the tight ends coach as well. Right. So if Kubiak, if the older Kubiak leaves, do you think those, those other guys would stick around with the Vikings?
1: I mean, there's no reason to believe that they wouldn't. I mean, the, the offense that just ranked number four in the NFL their highest ranking since 2004 first top 10 ranking that Zimmer has had since he's been the coach. I imagine he doesn't want to make wholesale changes. I imagine his preference would be to hire from within because he certainly remembers what happened the last time he hired from the outside. Mm -hmm. Lippo didn't even last the entire season, got fired with three games to go. And uh, Zimmer's, uh, got enough problems trying to rebuild his defense that probably the last thing he wants to do is uh, hand the offense over to somebody that uh, comes from the outside.
2: Yeah, so a similar question for the special teams since the Vikings decided not to renew the contract of special teams coach Marwan Maloof this year. Wasn't really much of a surprise since the whole unit just had a, a terrible year. Um but now they need a new special teams coach and do you have any idea on who the Vikings might look at to become their next special teams coach or is that just someone who's just probably just random people who are just going to come in
1: Well, I'm working on it in a future article I'll throw out a few possible names but I'm not going no to profess Spoiler alerts. A, uh I'm <laughs> not going to profess to be a special teams right. coach expert. I mean, I'll ask you, before he was hired, did you ever heard of Marwin Malouf?
2: <laughs> no, I no, can't say I did, no. Right,
1: I, I mean, it's it's a special group, and I'm sure Zimmer will, and, the, and others in the Vikings organization, will talk to other special mm-hmm. teams-type people around the league, or even no longer in the league, and try to get some names, because... If that's not a type of position where where it's uh, quite easy to hire if that's not your specialty.
2: yeah, I think there's a guy um, He I can't remember his name right now but he's the Saint, he was the Saints special teams coach. He still is because they're in the playoffs. He's the Saints special teams coach and it, when he was with Miami I think two years ago the Vikings kind of inquired about him so he might be someone to, to keep an eye on. Um, but sticking with special teams you mentioned that the unit had a terrible year but but especially uh, Vikings kicker, Dan Bailey is just coming off a a miserable 2020 season. Uh, Do you think he'll remain Minnesota's kicker for next season? And uh, do you expect the Vikings to at least bring in some competition for Bailey this off season?
1: They almost have to bring in competition. I mean, that would be ludicrous if they just keep saying, Oh, Dan Bailey's our guy (laughs) happens. If he misses four field goals in the first game or that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, First of all, Dan Bailey is a great guy. You hate to see it happen to a guy like that, but the bottom line is in the last five games he had a meltdown, missed 10 kicks, and uh, his contract, he's not due any guaranteed money next year. I mean, they still have dead money from the uh, signing bonus they Mm -hmm. gave him, so it's not like they have any date where he earns any kind of money. I mean, they can Mm -hmm. take it till August 31st or whenever this year, bring in competition and have it throughout the uh, preseason. I mean, they certainly have done that before. Kai Forbath was the incumbent, and they re-signed him, but then they draft Daniel Carlson, and they ended up going with him to start the season in 2018. It turned out it didn't work out, but uh, I would be stunned if, at the very least, they don't have competition. But we'll see what happens in free agency. I mean, maybe they'll uh, throw some money at some free agent kicker and then yep. just come forward with Bailey right there.
2: Would you expect them to do something similar with uh, Britton Colquitt?
1: I, w- I would think so. I mean, the salary he signed, he got a very nice three years, I guess $10 million range
2: yeah.
1: salary as a punter last year. And again, great guy, but didn't live up to it. I mean, right. his net punting average went to from uh, 42 something or other to, th- to 38. Yep. I mean, he definitely had an off season and, uh, you can't pay a punter. I mean, one reason he was brought in was for his holding ability, mm-hmm. but now I'm not going to say that Bailey missed any kicks late in the season because of Colquitt, but right. your kicker has been, struggling. So any quote rapport that you built up as a holder with Bailey might not matter if Bailey's not back. So you can certainly find another punter at a cheaper price. I mean, it's a similar deal. He doesn't have guaranteed money. He's got dead money because of the signing bonus, but you can save some money by finding another punter somewhere.
2: For sure, um, so we're heading into the off season and and it looks like the Vikings are gonna need to create some some cap space once again, and it could result in some pretty you know notable names being let go, so I'm just gonna put you on the spot and ask you who you think the most notable name on the Vikings current roster uh, that you expect to be let go before the start of next season
1: well, th- I mean obviously Anthony Harris, I would think, but he doesn't have money on his contract. Right next year i mean he played on the franchise tag for 11 million this year last year he was the number one ranked safety in the nfl by pro mm-hmm. football focus this year number 37 tied for the nfl lead last year was six interceptions this year zero didn't have any fumble recoveries either and i mean he would have to take a pay cut to return i mean they're certainly not giving right. him 11 million next season Riley Reef, I just can't see him coming back at his current cap number, thirteen point nine five million in two thousand twenty-one. But the bottom line is, he did have a solid season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reef's agent smartly, when they renegotiated, mm-hmm. they put in his contract that. He's due a five million dollar roster bonus by the third day of the new league year, which is March nineteenth.
2: Oh wow!
1: So they gotta pretty much make a decision on Reef by March nineteenth because is that, pay,
2: is, is that five million on top of the thirteen million? Is he due well, thirteen million next year, or is, his is it total
1: salary? Then is like six million. Oh okay, okay, okay. You're not gonna, but he's guaranteed a roster bonus of five million. Okay, so you're not gonna pay a guy five million and then see how he looks in preseason, right. and right. then just cut him. I mean, you pretty much, if they pick up the roster bonus, you're pretty much committed to paying him that whole salary. And even if you cut him, he'll just say, oh, fine with me, I'll just go double dip and sign with somebody for $5 million and I'd make $10 million. So, But, you know, they've gone out of the way to say Reef had a good season. He's a captain, he's one of the leaders. So it'll be interesting to see if they try to negotiate in march for him taking a lesser salary and uh this is just this is just me speaking but i mean you could always dangle that extra million because he also added to his contract bonuses of one million for paying playing 86% of the snap and 1 million more for 93.75. Didn't get the 93.75 because he missed the last game while on the COVID-19 reserve list. But you can always say, too, and, yeah, sign this, and then we'll we'll give you that million you didn't get, too. So there's things they can do. And to continue, um, they'll have to make a decision on Anthony Barr. I mean, his cap number is 15 million-plus. Yeah, and that contract which he signed—the five-year, sixty-seven point five million—one two years ago—is really starting to get ugly. So they're going to have to decide between uh, Barr and re-signing Eric Wilson. And, and what Hayden. about
2: uh, what about Kyle Rudolph?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's not he's not coming back. He's got a nine million plus cap number. There's no chance he's <laughs> back for that
2: number. Not that but, number, at least.
1: Yeah, it all depends on how much of a haircut he wants to take. I mean, right. he talks about finishing his career with the Vikings and, you know, if he's willing to take 2-3 million, they might they might consider it, but uh if not, you know, he'll te- he'll test himself in the open market and and go from there, and, but I don't know if anybody's going to pay him 2-3 million even at this stage of his career.
2: Oh, for sure. Um all right, so I follow you on Twitter and I noticed during the off-season that you tend to do some, some traveling. So So obviously depending on how things are with the pandemic during the next few months, are there any places in particular that maybe you're looking to travel to before the start of next season?
1: It's a big day for me when I walk to the mailbox. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, I don't go to the mailbox every day, maybe just because it's about a block away, maybe three times a week. Uh, no, I mean, I'd love to to travel. I mean, the dead time is coming up now, January, February, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know things are still uncertain, so yep. I will uh, reevaluate probably at the start of February. And if you see any tweets from uh, exotic places, then you'll know. But
2: uh, yeah, where'd you go? Where'd you, know, I you go? Looked, where'd I you have go? At the,
1: uh, What's that?
2: Where'd you go last year?
1: Uh, last year, I pretty much stayed, uh, you know, stateside. Oh because
2: yeah, because that was start of uh, the, the start of all this.
1: Yeah, right, right. I didn't go anywhere in January and February. I wished I would have because I did not foresee the uh, pandemic. So, coming, the year
2: before, did you go like overseas or something?
1: Yeah, the year before, I think it was uh, Colombia, Tunisia, Andorra, Sicily. Oh, wow. So got some good ones in there. But uh, I've checked the list of countries. I mean, a lot of these countries you have to quarantine for like 14 days. Yeah. So that makes it a little uh, problematic.
2: <laughs> All right. Before we get you out of here, we're just going to talk about Mike Zimmer. Cause you know, he's, he just signed an extension, but you know, he's, he's heading in probably to uh, a very pivotal year to his, his tenure with the Vikings. But first, you know, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm not trying to get you in any trouble or anything, but how would you describe your relationship with Mike Zimmer?
1: Hey, I just asked the questions and <laughs> how he reacts. That's- it's not my problem. I just ask the questions that need to be asked, and mm-hmm. some days I got good answers, and some days I get bad answers.
2: Yeah. Um, do you think maybe he answers your questions differently than other reporters?
1: You know, I'll let others decide that. All I can do okay. is uh, all I can do is ask him, and uh, sometimes when I think I'm going to get a short answer, I get a long one, and other times when I ask him to talk about how great. Some player is playing, yeah. My a softball question, I got a three word answer. So Yeah. Usually you usually, when
2: you, usually when you give him a compliment, he's he's willing to give you a little more, I feel like.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just never know with uh with Zimmer.
2: Um, but um so I just want to get your thoughts on that. But then um sticking with Zimmer, do you what do you think needs to happen in twenty twenty one uh for him to remain the head coach of the Vikings? in 2022
1: make the playoffs that's it i mean well i mean pretty much that's it it's not a super high bar now that they have seven uh teams in each conference that are in the playoffs. but uh with all the issues they had this year yeah i mean if they'd beaten the bears december 20th they'd right now be in the playoffs mm-hmm. preparing to go to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, you, you know, you raised the bar a little bit with, even though you ended up losing the Vikings three of four, you still had that nice little stretch there in the middle of the season. So as far, if you're the Wilfs, you've moved beyond that one in five hiccup. If you're the Wilfs and you have all these players supposedly coming back from injuries and what have you, and despite all the issues this year you probably should have been a playoff team anyhow because the, you probably should have beaten the uh, bears i mean of course you want them to make the playoffs so yeah that's that's going to be a uh, huge next year not only for zimmer but perhaps also for rick spielman
2: yeah for sure but uh that's going to do it for today's show make sure to subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you uh download your podcast make sure to follow chris on twitter at chris thomason um that's T O M A S S O N. uh but until next time we will talk to you later